But about that day or hour, no one knows. Neither the angels in heaven, nor the Son, but only the Father. Beware, keep alert, for you do not know when the time will come. Startle us, O God, with your truth, and open our hearts and minds to your word. As we begin again this Advent journey of waiting and expecting and hoping, be with us. Speak your word of hope to us. Through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. This passage as the first gospel reading of the Advent season burns me. My family took no vacations this summer. We did not go home to Maryland for crabs and much needed time with faraway family. We won't be going home for Christmas. I have consoled crestfallen relatives. I have had to look into the eyes of my boys and disappoint them after repeating over and over during the summer that we aren't going home now in the hopes we might be able to go home when it matters most. I have had to pull myself together in my own lonely, homesick moments. In a year when I long to go home, to wrap my arms around my mother and tell her how much she means to me and hear her voice in my ear to tell me the same, this is the message that starts Advent 2020? You really mean to tell me that the good news delivered today is that we have yet more opportunity to keep watch for a better world to come? The mystery of our Christian faith is anchored in the solid cement of three important yet vexing understandings. Ours is a God who is unhurried and untouched by time. We, his beloved, are quite hurried and utterly beholden to time's limitations. Furthermore, we are instructed to sit in happy expectation because God has touched the earth once and he has promised to touch the earth again at the time of his choosing. And so, as we begin the Advent season at the end of a relentless and cruel year, God is asking you and me a poignant, difficult, timely question. Do you still have the fortitude to reverently wait? Do you still have what it takes to sit up and watch with patience? Can you wait with hope? in these shortening days? Can you do as you're told, even though people around you aren't? It is not without significance that even this year, we start Advent not with the comfort and joy that we so yearn for, but with the reminder that if we want to approach the manger, we've got to prepare ourselves. The prophet Isaiah and our psalmist remind us of this, 
firmly placing in our minds who God is and who we are and what our times are in relation to his. If you want the joy of communion with the God who loves you, if you want his face to shine upon you, you've got to remember who is the potter and who is the clay. And that feels like a heavy lift in the middle of this never-ending marathon, doesn't it? We are asked to do the singular thing we hate most, to stop, to know, and to remember that we are not all that powerful. We are asked to wait, to watch, to be patient, to admit that we can't control this and we cannot will this to end. We are asked to understand that there is nothing we can do to make God's inevitable return to happen when we want it to. We are asked to wait patiently while the sun darkens and the moon goes through its phases to let the stars fall and the heavens shake. We are told to shelter, to mind the work assigned to us to do. We are tasked to practice the radical patience of a good, abiding follower of Christ. I am grateful that God loves me so much that he'll meet me right where I am, even here in my anger. It took me a long time to find a hopeful message in these lessons. I came to realize that the good news isn't just the opportunity to wait, but the faithful knowing that there is something worth waiting for. If you've been praying for stability or to be in the presence of family or to get to Rome without restriction, you should know that these good things are coming. If you've been praying for justice, peace, and comfort, not just for yourself, but for our neighbors near and far, you should know that the work we've been doing these past few months does bend the arc of history a little closer to a more just world. The lives we were living in the world we were living in are gone. They were not sustainable anyway. We've been working toward a new world for months, and God has been in lockstep with us, showing us the way and making good things possible. There is a new world on the horizon, and it will inevitably come. Nothing and no one can stop its arrival. I am bold to say inevitable, just as we are bold to utter the Lord's Prayer. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done. We're even bold when we declare the mystery of our faith. Christ has died. Christ is risen. Christ will come again. We are bold to declare these as true without fully knowing as we are only witness to our here and now and only audience to the gospel texts. Mark's words and witness dare us to say those declarations with our full throats and our whole hearts and our yearning souls. Can you do it? Even today, at the end of 2020?
Are you ready to live these final days of this challenging year boldly, knowing that a new world inevitably awaits? Can you state without equivocation or doubt that God has been steadfast and will inevitably deliver on his promises? Will you stay awake, hopeful in these short, dark days and watch for him? The hope of Advent is inevitable. Buried in these instructions of preparation and prayer, the message of peace and comfort on the horizon is as important as ever. Equal to the promise is the work that must be done. Even this year, we must prepare to approach the manger. First, we must reaffirm our duty that we will wait and work with hopeful reverence for he who loves us so much that he has promised to come again. Darkness descends, stars fall, the soil under our feet shakes with tumult and instability, but we are commanded to stay awake and remain steadfast. This we must abide. Second, we must repent and prepare the way in our hearts and our minds for the God we're waiting for. Third, we must each choose to step forward to the manger without fear. Remember that it is always a bold and active choice to approach the manger. This Advent, some of us will crawl to it on our hands and our knees. Others will stride to it with rejoicing. Yet more will walk to it with trepidation and hopeful anticipation. There will be no wrong way. And after we've done those things, we'll face the dark weeks of true winter here in Massachusetts. We'll do so as a community, beloved by God and beloved to each other. We'll hold fast to hope, our faith, and the light of God, and we'll know that he has given us what we need to face these last hard miles of the long journey we've been on. Are you ready? I'm not, but I will be. I must be, we must be. In the end, we will emerge in a world different than what we knew one that God has been working on for us, one where there will be more good work to do. Prepare yourself and look reverently toward the brightening horizon. May we all be there together soon. But about that day or hour, no one knows. Neither the angels in heaven nor the Son, only the Father. Hold fast to your faith and keep alert, for you do not know when the time will come. Amen.